Welcome, folks, to The Uncommon Good with Bo Bonner and Dr. Bud Marr. Every week, diving deep into the truth of Catholic social teaching and restoring all things in Christ. The Uncommon Good is on the air. I'm Bo Bonner. And I'm Dr. Bud Marr. We are coming to you live from these United States of America, here in the middle of the country, Des Moines, Iowa, where we both work for Mercy College of Health Sciences, who underwrites our show. I'm the Senior Advisor for Mission Initiatives and the Director of the Center for Human Flourishing. Bud, what do you do at the old alma mater? I messed that up. (laughs) The college. Yep. I'm the Associate uh, Provost there at the college. Associate. He makes associations happen. And then I, what, what is a, I I, want to know what the word provost means at this point. Oh, wow. It's like provo. It comes from Utah. (laughs) I should have checked the etymology. Like I, I felt pretty comfortable with academic dean, but I don't know the history there behind the provost role. It sounds, uh, it it has that like very strong V and P. It just sounds like provost. In higher education, we can never go like simple. Even, you know, uh, John, John Henry Newman was the, effectively like the president of the university of ireland when it got underway right but they were called rectors yes yeah rectors and chancellors and provosts oh my yeah there's a lot of stuff going on (laughs) but as we said uh mercy college of health sciences whatever they call us they (laughs) underwrite our show and we appreciate that mchs.edu uh thank you for everybody who got a chance to watch on zoom or interact with the the Center for Human Flourishing, mchs.edu slash F-L-O-U-R-I-S-H, Flourish. We're going to have multimedia of the event that Dr. Hittinger, who was in town and gave the talk uh, up soon, we'll let you guys know about that. But I'd have to say, though, that if people didn't get a chance to see it, they're going to want to watch it when we get the stuff out, because it was a fantastic talk and a wonderful time with the speaker. Yeah, it was a wonderful talk, and I'm really happy to hear about your idea about um, archiving all those presentations, because I think folks do want to take the time when it's available to track down Dr. Hedinger's lecture. So, mchs.edu, thank you for underwriting the show, and of course, we're getting uh, into uh, the the sort of, I don't know if last innings is the right way to say about the (laughs) semester, but fall certainly is on its downward slide uh, down the hill, not in terms of being bad, in terms of getting done. Uh, but that means that s- uh, spring semester is coming soon, and that, of course, people are probably making decisions about where to land next year. So mchs.edu for all the myriad ways that you can be a part of uh, the Sisters of Mercy and our healing, uh, our ministry of healing, both physically and spiritually, that's going on at Mercy College. Well, <clears throat> you, mentioned, uh, uh, you mentioned, like, fall fully getting underway, and as listeners may have noticed, like, I'm prone to grumpiness that's not really proportional to my age. <laughs> I'm going to make a good old man. So, like, September had me kind of grumpy because it did not feel like September for long stretches of time. Right. But this week, this weekend, like, during my evening walks, it feels truly autumnal. So, I'm happy about that. I'm happy about the three inches of rain on Sunday. Yes. And we snuck in a um, pumpkin patch visit pre-rain So uh, on Saturday. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's fantastic. That And we need to cut our pumpkins, but I'm glad we held off because I think the rain would have <laughs> absolutely melted them. So hopefully we can do that afterwards. Um, but speaking of that, that it's the end of October going into November, but that means coming up not only is Halloween, which, uh, you know, people all across uh, the secular world celebrate as well, but that, of course, means the triumvirate of uh, the Day of the Dead, uh, all saints and all souls, as yeah. that comes up in uh, the church's calendar and so we wanted to talk about uh, the role of uh, the dead in terms of political and so, uh, in civic life, uh, which I think oftentimes people don't um, consider. We're going to dwell on that by first talking about G.K. Chesterton's famous 
uh, quip that tradition is the democracy of the dead, where the the, the voice of the dead um, have uh, a role to play. And then we'll talk about that, the, the civic nature that we believe uh, that the dead still play a pivotal role in our life together uh, in the church. So that's what we're going to be talking about today when we get back from the break. Uh, if you want to join in with things that are going on around the diocese or online with Iowa Catholic Radio, just go to iowacatholicradio.com. Uh, our different social media, Iowa Catholic Radio on Facebook, at IA Catholic Radio on Twitter, and then you can download the Iowa Catholic Radio app and listen anywhere that you have data. This is the Uncommon Good Bobonner and Dr. Bud Marr. Stick around. You're going to want to hear this one. We'll be back right after this. Get your tickets now for Iowans for Life's Pro-Life Christmas Gala. You'll experience a fabulous meal and Christmas entertainment, along with a pro-life talk by Monsignor Frank Chido. Saturday, November 20th, Ron Pearson Event Center in West Des Moines. Details at iowansforlife.org. The Basilica of St. John Choir presents Pasta for Pipes Sunday evening, November 7th. 4.45 social hour, 5.30 dinner, and the variety show starts at 6.15. Pasta for Pipes at the Basilica of St. John, Sunday, November 7th. Ladies, please join us for our Women's Conference, Spiritual Protection for Such a Time as This, hosted by Iowa Catholic Radio on Saturday, October 30th at the Embassy Suites downtown. The conference begins with Mass, followed by powerful national and local speakers who will give you the tools to spiritually protect yourself and your families. For more information and to register, go to iowacatholicradio.com or call 515-223-1150. Join Iowa Catholic Radio and Catholic United Financial Medicare experts on Friday, November 5th for a Medicare informational workshop at 11 a.m. or 4 p.m. at the new Iowa Catholic Radio location, 1355 50th Street, Suite 500 in West Des Moines. If you're 65 or older, it pays to do your homework, compare plans, and get a better understanding at this free Medicare educational workshop on Friday, November 5th at 11 a.m. or 4 p.m. Call Iowa Catholic Radio to RSVP at 515-223-1150. Space is limited. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Christ is the Answer with Father John Ricardo is provided by Confluence Brewing Company, brewed locally and featuring regular, seasonal, and limited-release beers available at local stores, bars, and restaurants. Confluence Brewing Company at 1235 Thomas Beck Road, off the bike trail south of Grays Lake, and online at confluencebrewing.com. Confluence Brewing Company offers curbside service and would like to thank you for your support. Thank you, Confluence Brewing Company, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Back with the Uncommon Good, Bob Bonner and Dr. Bud Marr joining you this Wednesday. Thank you for listening to our show. Thank you for supporting Iowa Catholic Radio. You can do that at iowacatholicradio.com. Hit the donate button. You can call 515-223-1150 or actually text donate to 515-223-1150. We thank you for your support, uh, both prayers and volunteer hours, but of course material donations allow us to keep this wonderful ministry on air, and we thank you for all of your support. Today, Bud, we're going to talk about uh, time-appropriate... Uh, you know, I think we've been leaning into sort of uh, litur- liturgical celebrations and how they have something to do with uh, the common good. And so coming up, uh, by the time you hear us next, we will have had uh, the Day of the Dead, uh, All Saints, All Souls. Um, this transference from October to November is annually uh, our ability to think about the role of the dead uh, in our lives. We, of course, pray for the dead. That's one of the spiritual acts of mercy. Burying the dead is one of the corporal acts of mercy. Um, If there's one thing that Catholics know how to do is that the secular world is a bunch of amateurs when it comes to being spooky around Halloween. 
we believe that the dead have an integral part of our uh, life together, but we don't, we don't mean that only spiritually. Of course we pray for the dead. Every Mass, you know, we have indulgence prayers in November, but there's a, a very stark way in which we believe that the dead have a continued role uh, in civic life. So G.K. Chesterton has a famous quote where he says, tradition is nothing more than the democracy of the dead. And his idea is this, that there are always, at any time, more dead people than alive people. And he says something to the effect of, just because they're not here and audible, doesn't mean that they shouldn't have a say in what's going on uh, in, in life today. And so, of course, he's not saying, like, we need seances, you know, <laughs> when, when we're voting for presidents or something like this. But his point is to say that those who have gone before us have provided us with so much that to ignore their contribution and, and their concerns is in a real way to ignore um, a part of the polis, the city, our life together, uh, that shouldn't be ignored. Yeah, I, I love the way Chesterton puts it. You mentioned that quote when he says, Tradition refuses to submit to the small and arrogant oligarchy of those who merely happen to be walking about. Nice. All Democrats object to men being disqualified by the accident of their birth. Tradition objects to their being disqualified by the accident of death. And uh, I think Chesterton's quote and his idea there is never more apropos than it is today. Because in many ways, we have built a society around forgetting the dead. I mean, if you if you bring up death, you know, at a social event, people are like, that guy's macabre. Or, yeah. You know, like, you know, way to ruin the party guy. Right. But it's it's true, like, as Catholics, the democracy of the dead, I think, operates at every mass because we recite the Nicene Creed. So therefore, we're saying like a decision that was made centuries ago still forms like the most important event that we do. Um, but there's all sorts of ways where we can remember the dead. You mentioned these liturgical feasts, um, certainly within our homes. And, you know, so many leaders in the church today, rightly so, talk about evangelization. We say the new evangelization, you know, like uh, be missionary disciples, et cetera, et cetera. You're sort of joking about how we outdo like the way the world celebrates Halloween, but it really is, I think, sort of um, a nexus point where, weirdly enough, like a lot of, for how much we sort of like try to bracket death, you can tell it's um, it's something sort of that human beings like have to face. So we do it sort of maybe through like horror films where we want to get close, but not close enough where we feel some actual fear or dressing up at Halloween, et cetera. Uh, Ash Wednesday, I know uh, down at campus at Mercy College of Health Sciences, we always have great attendance. And so, I guess, long story short, even if you're uncomfortable with it, I think it's a great conversation starter for someone who might be, like, intrigued by the gospel. No, I agree. And one of the things that gets to be interesting in that regard is, so people go, well, how, how do the dead still speak? And, you know, there's plenty of ways, right? You said the Nicene Creed, buildings that preexist us, institutions that were largely founded by people who are no longer with us. I think about Mercy College and the fact that Catherine McCauley, both what she did is why we're here, but also we believe her in, you know, her, uh, her prayers, you know, uh, encourage us and, and send us forward. Uh, you go to the, the graveyard uh, down here in the middle of Des Moines, and there's still, you know, the Sisters of Mercy that are buried there. And we believe that what they cared about should have a voice in what we do as a college with our heritage, our identity, our mission going forward. But even in something as basic as language, bud, I mean, if you think about the English language, sure, there's words like Facebook or, uh, you know, the Internet maybe that were created in our lifetime. But the vast majority of the words you used were created and uttered by mouths that no longer speak. So even to use language is to be mired in both tradition and death. 
yeah. that the dead have given us even the ability to speak, much less still speak to us. And to that point, I think about, uh, you know, we've had various um, Uncommon Good All-Stars that have come and talked about this. I, I think about um, Sister Teresa Letia, uh, you know, and her Memento Mori ministry. Uh, one of our, uh, I don't know if he's been on more than once, but uh, <laughs> Jody Bottom, who yeah. wrote this wonderful essay called Death and Politics, that uh, in First Things, a long time ago, if you can still look, look that up. But all of this is to say that it's not just a sort of obsession with, you said, like, the morose or the sad or, you know, the gothic, but this idea that really when you get down to it, what we start to realize is civilization, in part at least, is an idea about how do we carry the dead with us in forward in time. And Catholicism make this, makes this very obvious with, like, praying for those in purgatory, the cult of the saints, things like this. But even pagans and secular and atheist groups... There's a way in which we go, how do we rightfully inherit what went before us and then pass that forward uh, to a generation that will inherit what we do when we're gone? Well, there's that old colloquialism about, like, <clears throat> those who forget history will be doomed to repeat it. And we, we say that a lot, but a lot of times we live our lives as if, <laughs> like, with a, a sort of active forgetting. And I feel like a death denying culture in many ways has forgotten its identity, like what it's, what it's rooted in. Um, and it is, I don't know. It's sort of, it's, it's sort of like a search for utopia because if we, if we totally bracket and forget the dead and we say like, I'm just focused on the present life tends to get to reduce to like this utilitarian, just sort of like questions about profitability or physical well being, And it's kind of, it's, it's a way to sort of act, live our lives as if we're not, mortal like we forget those who come before us and sort of act as if like we're we're gonna sort of live forever um this came up for me weirdly enough like i saw this really like gut-wrenching photo from the holy land recently and there was this um palestinian woman and she was like cleaning clinging to a gravestone and basically like israeli authorities were like bulldozing this graveyard to build an amusement park and I was just saying, like, what does that say about a society that, like, the, those grave markers would be, you know, sort of undignified to create, you know, on top of it, an amusement park? I think uh, several years ago, like, Pope Benedict made the point that, like, the, um, the way that we've seen sort of, like, divorce and remarriage explode in our culture is sort of a sign of, like, it's, it's this idea that, like, you can have this perpetual youth. So, like, you, you have this marriage but it doesn't have a finality. And at some point, like, you know, a lot of men, unfortunately, like quote unquote, like upgrade to a younger woman. And it's a denial of their own aging process. They're right. sort of like seeking a perpetual fountain of youth. Well, and I, I think about this, that it's funny that when we deny death, actually we make the living more dead because we're just sort of like matter being tossed around in the universe. But funny enough to think about the dead and to ask their place in our society is to actually make death more alive, right? Mm -hmm. We think that there is a life that the dead have, after they're dead, even if it's not something that we're completely aware of or could explain. And so that starts to be the paradox, and, you know, Chesterton's great at these, is the paradox is to say to have a healthy understanding of the dead is to not only make them more alive, but to make us more alive. Mm. And, uh, you, were, you know, you were speaking about this with gravestones. To bring up Dr. Hittinger again, one of his earliest essays that I really appreciated from him was talking about the nature of memorials. And uh, he was talking about the Vietnam Memorial and and its sort of architecture and look compared to others. Um, but I think about this in terms of even inadvertently, uh, when they made the September 11th memorial in New York, 
I mean, I don't know how to say this, but it's two huge holes that have water sort of sinking into the middle into yeah. oblivion. And I'm not saying that people meant anything by that, but but the idea that you could have a memorial that that sort of looks like that, um, it kind of it's almost like it's unconsciously explaining the sort of fears that modern people have evoking death or even talking about it. Well, I mentioned evangelization, but I think this whole conversation also is about the pastoral care of folks who are already members of the body of Christ. And we don't know how a person will respond to grace or towards, you know, like certain liturgical um, forms. But I feel like the traditional ways in which the church memorialize these things, like at least creates the opportunity for folks to grieve if they need to, etc. You know, I know like in older celebrations, sometimes there would be I think it's called a catafalqua, mm-hmm. which is basically like a um, casket that would be set up in the middle of the church, and the priest would incense it and everything. And I don't know, when I first observed that at a Catholic Mass, I, I was sort of taken aback, but it's like, I, I like that, because like I said, you don't know how like each person will respond, but in some ways the church puts that front and center, and it gives you that reminder. You know, the Mass, of course, is just taking place regardless of who's there or how, you know, like where my mind happens to be, but that occasion really made things like tangible and visceral in a way I maybe hadn't experienced at a liturgy before. Absolutely. This is The Uncommon Good, Bo Bonner and Dr. Budmar talking about the democracy of the dead, uh, that quote from Chesterton and its sort of relevance for the liturgical season that we're currently in. Uh, this is The Uncommon Good, and we'll be back right after this. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever noticed that sometimes it's hard to get along with your family? That sometimes the people in your family are downright uncongenial? Well, G.K. Chesterton says that is precisely why the family is so important. Because it is often uncongenial. Every family is filled with the same problematical people that you find everywhere else. And so anyone revolting against the family is simply revolting against mankind. As Chesterton says, Aunt Elizabeth is unreasonable, like mankind. Papa is excitable, like mankind. Our youngest brother is mischievous, like mankind. And so, if we can get along with our family, we can get along with anyone. Want more than a minute? Visit our website, chesterton.org. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Hal's Pumpkin Patch and Coming, open daily from 10 to 6 through October 31st. Featuring wagon rides, accord maids, kitty corral, and more. Hal's Greenhouse of PumpkinPatch.com. Iowa Catholic Radio thanks Hal's Pumpkin Patch for their support. Ladies, please join us for our women's conference, Spiritual Protection for Such a Time as This, hosted by Iowa Catholic Radio on Saturday, October 30th at the Embassy Suites downtown. The conference begins with Mass, followed by powerful national and local speakers who will give you the tools to spiritually protect yourself and your families. For more information and to register, go to iowacatholicradio.com or call 515-223-1150. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Tuffy Tire and Auto Service, 1685 Southeast Delaware in Ankeny, offering complete car care service from routine dealer recommendation maintenance to complete diagnostics and full-service auto repair. TuffyAnkeny.com. 
Trunk or Treat, Friday, October 29th at 6.30 p.m. in the St. Teresa School parking lot. Bring your chairs or blankets and enjoy a movie in the Parish Hall following the Trunk or Treat in the St. Teresa School parking lot, Friday night, October 29th at 6.30. Back with the Uncommon Good, Bob Honor and Dr. Bud Mark joining you this Wednesday. Thank you for listening to the show and thank you for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Well, Bud, to finish up the show, like we've told people, we've been talking about the democracy of the dead. That quote from G.K. Chesterton that says, tradition is that which allows the dead to continue to speak. And, you know, this sort of is apropos for our time here in the liturgical year around the Day of the Dead, all saints and all souls. One more, I'm not going to go for the full <laughs> quote, but um, the poet Miłosz, it's M-I-L-O-S-Z, Polish um, poet, who John Paul II uh, very much liked. He had, um, uh, uh, I'm going to massacre the quote, but okay. he was riffing on Marx's that religion is the opiate of the people, and he said, well, the opiate of tyrants is to believe that once you're dead, you're for, like you're gone, mm-hmm. uh, that there is no afterlife and there is no hell to, to maybe punish you. Wow. And uh, so this is very powerful for someone who saw both the Nazis and the communists destroy his native Warsaw uh, to, to say, right, that like, you know, people want there to be no afterlife so they can get away with whatever they're doing now. And that starts to be this idea when we talk about death and the idea that the death are still a part of the political community. It's important for us to realize that my life here does not, so to speak, blank out. And that's, of course, hopeful, right? So hopefully we can go to heaven, hopefully avoid hell. But it also gives a reality to the enduring nature of life together in a city, in a polis. And I think that that starts to animate what we're getting at here that when you care about the dead and the particular things you do, even as a family, they have ramifications that will outlast your life here, but that you continue yourself to have ramifications for the political life, even after your death. Yeah, that's a powerful quote there. You all have to send me the link to the poem. Um, but uh, this is a show, Bo, where I think sometimes when folks listen, they're like, wow, you know, Bo and Bud, they're really out there in the clouds, but how does this intersect with my own life or whatnot? But I really feel like there's a lot that we can do as Catholics on the ground to really make this concrete and to make this incarnate. Like maybe at your own parish, like, you know, the celebrations around All Saints and All Souls are relatively low key. But this is something that's that's pretty easy to bring into our homes. And, you know, I feel like being here in the United States where there's more and more of like a Latino presence in the Catholic Church in recent years, they've really like set the bar for us Um, at St. Anthony's where we attend Mass. There is a Day of the Dead altar now. And so if you're saying, like, how do, I, how do I sort of pass this on to my children and things? I think even something as simple as a hearth, and this won't really weird Americans out because hearths have, like, a long-standing role in our culture or whatnot. But, you know, keeping pictures of your loved ones who have passed on candles, you know, lighting those candles, saying prayers regularly for the dead. I've, I've always, like, one point of the confessions that has always stuck with me is when St. Monica died. Mm. She said to her son, Augustine, she's like, I don't really care that you make the funeral really elaborate or that you do this or that for me. She says, just remember me each day at the altar. And I think having that sort of perspective in our own lives as we think about our loved ones who have passed on, but also, you know, preparing in different ways for our own death. Like what if we truly believe what we do about the Catholic faith, like what greater blessing could we have than that our own children and grandchildren would remember us in that way? I also think making sure to visit cemeteries, of course, during this month uh, coming up in November with the indulgence prayers. 
But, you know, but I, I think this is a, a good way to sort of close the show on this idea. What a wonderful civic reality that we take part of the land in a city and dedicate it to the dead. And I actually have to admit, it kind of bums me out that mm. cemeteries, which are meant to be beautiful in a public space, uh, are sort of tucked away. Like, yeah. uh, like they'll be out of town or like people won't go by them. But, you know, people used to just go do things at cemeteries. They would, of course, if your family members there, they'd go, you know, eat lunch, like, on the, by the gravestone. But the idea of, like, taking walks through cemeteries or praying your rosary there, or reimagining cemeteries as not being the spooky place that you try to avoid, but exactly the important place that's in the near center of town. I have to admit, I love that one of the... Th- the, the major thoroughfares in Des Moines coming off of I-235 and you go south on Fleur and there you have, um, I, I forget which graveyard it is, I, I forgive me for not remembering all the names as well, but I, I, it's Oak Hill maybe or something like that um, uh, people have a lot of confused looks, anyway the point being is uh, it's, you know, it's right there central to town and I've always found that profoundly beautiful about Des Moines um, is that this is a civic public place and if people remember that about graveyards I think uh, that that's a, a wonderful way to honor not only the dead themselves, but the civic nature, the ongoing democracy of the dead, that the dead are actually part of our civic life. Well, but uh, this is the uncommon good. May Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, reign in our hearts, our cities, our family, with the dead, uh, the galaxy, the whole kit and caboodle. This is the uncommon good, and we hope people come back next week. But here on Iowa Catholic Radio, what are ways that people can join us in our life of prayer? Well, do take a few moments, if you can, to follow us on uh, follow Iowa Catholic Radio on Facebook or Twitter. Maybe retweet a couple of our posts. But in terms of prayer, you can pray the rosary daily with us at 9.30 a.m. That prayer opportunity is available always on the Iowa Catholic Radio app. We pray the Angelus on air at 11.55 a.m. and the Divine Mercy Chaplet in the afternoon at 2.55 p.m. Man, there's a lot going on so if, uh, in and around the diocese, so you'll want to go to Iowa Catholic Radio to check all of that out. We have events that are going on for October, finishing up here the Pro-Life Month in Iowa Catholic Radio. Um, we have uh, November 5th uh, for a Medicare informational workshop at 11 or 4 p.m. at the new Iowa Catholic Radio Studios, 1355 50th Street in West Des Moines. Um, so that's a, a, something that we're offering to help people that are 65 or older. You can call 515-223-1150 to RSVP. The Man Up West Power Lunch is Friday, November 12th. Um, uh, we have people, uh, Johnny Carlson, not Johnny Carson, Johnny Carlson, <laughs> Ut Feedem Coordinator, lunch provided uh, with Chick-fil-A. The Women's Conference is Saturday, October 30th. So that's happening right here, right now, very soon at Embassy Suites. Um, that all starts at 7 a.m. Uh, again, go to the website to find out more. And finally, save the date for Iowa Catholic Radio's dinner in December, Saturday, December 11th, at Embassy Suites downtown with Paul Zuccarelli, which I think I just heard John Leonetti like met at an wow. airport uh, because that's what that's how John rolls. So John, uh, way to keep your eyes open, you know, head on a swivel in the airport. Well, I, I've ridden with John in an Uber, and he rarely passes up an opportunity to meet a stranger. So, Yeah, well, God bless him, and God bless, uh, I hope he's okay that we're getting ready to move from pumpkin spice to peppermint. <laughs> pray so, for John. Pray for John. This is The Uncommon Good, folks. God bless you, and we'll be back next week. The Uncommon Good with Bo Bonner and Dr. Bud Marr is heard every week on wonderful Catholic stations like this one and anytime on podcast. 
Just search for The Uncommon Good. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and The Uncommon Good provided by Mercy College of Health Sciences. Learn more at mchs.edu.